Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad that you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Hey, welcome to Live Free Church Online. We're so glad that you've joined us today. My name is David McMaster. I'm a pastoral apprentice here. Um, We're glad that you're here. Uh, If you've missed any of our previous sermons, you can go back and listen to them on uh, YouTube, podcast, or Facebook. Have you ever needed to be rescued from a situation? Um, A few years back, uh, when I was in high school, my family had this, this old boat, and it was straight out of the 1970s. Now, this boat was was awesome. It had like this big outboard motor. Uh, it had orange and green carpet as the interior. And it was the, the type of boat that you had to like carry the gas can on and off every time. It was, not, it was not the prettiest boat, but it did everything that you'd want a boat to do. Now, one hot summer day, um, I called up Levi and Victoria and um, at my time, my, my girlfriend, Anna, who's now my wife, and I said, let's go out on the lake and and go boating. And so we, we go out into the lake and we start water skiing, we do some tubing, some exploring around the lake. And um, at one point, I think the, the girls were on the tube and we were just about to, to go and the motor died. I like turned it on and it just went boom and nothing. It was dead. Um, it just gave up. And we were in the very middle of the lake. And, and I remember at that point, realizing that we needed to be rescued because there was no fixing. I tried everything I could to fix the motor. Nothing would work. And so we had one little oar that we tried just paddling and it really didn't get us anywhere. We were in the middle of the lake and we were stuck. At one point, um, a big boat comes, big fancy boat comes right beside us um, and asks us, oh, do you guys need a tow? And um, of course we did, because we weren't getting anywhere. We needed to be rescued. And so they, they gave us a tow rope, and, and then they pulled us right back to shore. They rescued us. And the thing about being rescued is that it was completely out of my control. It was completely out of my power. There's nothing I could have done. I was completely dependent on someone to come and save us. And here's the point. In, in times... There's gonna, in life, there's going to be times where we need to be rescued. There'll be different situations we need to be rescued from. But ultimately, we all need to be rescued from one thing, and that's our sin. But there's a problem. We can't rescue ourselves. But fortunately, God has a plan. And what I love about God's plan is that it is perfect. And that it's completely dependent on Him. If you remember last week... Um, Bob, who's one of our board members, he, he came and talked about Peter's sermon. And it was right after Pentecost, which Levi talked about two weeks ago. And if you missed any of those sermons, go back and listen, because it sets us up for, for today. And there was a couple points that, that Peter makes in his sermon. And first, he shows that the Holy Spirit had to come, as predicted in the Old Testament. He gives some references. And then the second, he tells his audience that that you killed Jesus, but that he didn't stay dead. He resurrected to life, and now he's exalted at the right hand of the Father. And then we came to this passage, 
And this is kind of like the, the so what of his sermon. It's, it's the place where you hope that every preacher gets to sooner. And so if you have Bibles, open up to Acts 2, 37 to 41. And we'll read it together. Acts 2, 37 to 41. And when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are off, as many as the Lord God will call. And with many other words he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted this message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. So there was a question that was asked, and then three things that, that Peter tells them to do. So we're going to look at 37, verse 37 first, and it says, when, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what should we do? I think it's important to note that, that they were pierced to the heart. Peter had just preached a message where he said that they had crucified their Savior. Now, imagine for a moment, that boat comes to save me, comes to rescue me, and, and instead of letting them rescue me, I, I hop on the boat and I kill them. That would seem kind of ridiculous, but in a way, the people... The, Jesus came to save these people, and they crucified him. They crucified their Savior, the promised Messiah that the whole Old Testament was pointing to. That, that's got to cut pretty deep. You just killed God. And I could imagine the heaviness and, and the weight that that would carry. And I could imagine that they would be pierced to the heart. So in their anguish, they asked the question, well, what should we do? And, and Peter gives three things to do. And we're going to look at them one by one. First, he says, repent. And now this is an intense word, and it, and it sort of carries this weight to it. And it's not just saying sorry. And I think as Canadians, we're pretty good at saying sorry. Like when I was in the, the grocery store last week, just walking past someone the natural response is always sorry. Or if I've noticed that every time I ask a question to people, I always start by saying sorry, and then can you help me with this? Repentance is not saying sorry. Repentance is this, this wholehearted change of mind that, that results in a, in a change of purpose, in a change of direction, in a change of values. It's exposing sin in our lives. It's grieving the sin. And then ultimately, it's, it's turning away from sin. It's feeling the weight of the sin by understanding the, the consequences of it towards other people, but also towards God. It's understanding that my sin crucified God. My sin has caused pain to people, but also to God. And my sin ultimately has consequences. Repentance is saying, I hate this sin because God hates the sin and it hurts him. And what repentance is, is, is doing this like this whole 180 degree 
shift from that sin to Jesus. It's not wanting to walk in the old ways because sin only wants to destroy us. It only wants to hurt us. It can look really nice and flashy in the moment, but, but ultimately, sin's purpose is to destroy you. And when you repent of sin, when you're grieved by, by what the, it can do to you, that's when it's like your whole heart leads to this change. And it starts with conviction. And I think 37, verse 37, shows us what conviction feels like. It's a piercing of the heart. You feel it. You feel the weight of it. But it's also, it's important that, that when you repent, that you just don't go to another sin. That when you deal with this thing in my life, you don't just, okay, I've dealt with this, now I'm going to this thing in my life. Instead, it's a, I'm dealing with this sin in my life, and now I'm going to go to Jesus. Peter was calling his audience to repentance for salvation. But repentance doesn't just stop there. And, and it is important for salvation. But Martin Luther, who's a reformer of our faith, said that all of life is repentance. In other words, we keep on sinning. And so the Holy Spirit is always going to be revealing new sin in our lives, the things that maybe we didn't see before, and he's going to bring that conviction, that piercing of the heart. And it's going to be something that we're going to constantly have to kill in our life. Repentance leads us to forgiveness. Forgiveness of sins. And, and for every, everything you've repented of, there's always grace to match it. And that's what these people needed. They felt the weight of their sin. They felt the weight of, of killing their Messiah and they needed grace, they needed mercy, and Jesus offered that. So the first step is to repent. And it's clear that they, they wanted to change. So you have to want to change. So then, continuing on, Peter says, you must be baptized. Now what is baptism? Well, for believers, it's this visible proof that you have repented of your sins for salvation, and it's a public commitment to follow Christ. It's basically saying, I am all in on Christ's kingdom. I'm all in on the way of life that Christ has for me. And for Live Free Church, it, it's going to practically look like going down to the lake and then being buried in his death, raised in his res resurrection through the symbolism of water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't been baptized we highly encourage that you would, that you would, you would uh, give everything to God's kingdom. Baptism is this outward display of this inward conviction. The former way of, of life is not my new life. That former David is now not the new David. I'm all in on what Jesus is doing. But then the question is asked, do I need to be baptized to be saved? Because this passage kind of suggests that, but, but the answer is no. Repentance and a surrendering to Christ is what's going to bring the forgiveness of sin. Baptism, though, is this public symbolizing that you've made that decision and that you have surrendered to Christ. Baptism is saying, I'm all in on following Christ. 
So Peter said, repent, be baptized. And then third, he says, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now everyone likes receiving gifts, right? So for this, this Christmas this past year, I really wanted a guitar pedal. Now a guitar pedal is this little like box that sits at a guitar player's foot and it, it basically makes us sound better than, than we are. And it, it adds tone and it adds like some cool effects. And and there was one that I really, really wanted. And so I asked for it for Christmas. And then I got it for Christmas. And I received the pedal. I was really excited. I unboxed it. I put it on my pedal board. And then I plugged it in, pressed it to turn it on, and then it lit on fire. Which was a great ending and finale to the year 2020. But here's the thing. Every gift on earth is eventually going to perish Every gift that you receive is not going to last except for one, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you've put your faith in Christ, if you've repented of your sins and have chosen to follow Jesus, you've received that gift of the Holy Spirit who has secured your eternity. So what does this mean that you have the gift of the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is a helper who teaches and guides you into truth. What that means is, is, is he's going to help you understand things. When you're reading scripture and you're, you're not understanding or you don't know what's going on, you can out, ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to guide you into truth, to help make you make decisions in life. He convicts us of sin. That piercing of the heart that was, that was said in verse 37, I think that's the work of the Holy Spirit saying, like, this is the weight of what you've done. He convicts us of sin, but then leads us to repentance. He's our source of wisdom and power. And the, the awesome thing about the book of Acts that we're looking through is that over and over we're going to see how the Holy Spirit empowers people to be bold. The Holy Spirit also gives us spiritual gifts. And each one of us, you included, have been given a gift to, to build up the kingdom of God. And that gift might be maybe hospitality. It might be teaching or wisdom or discernment or um, generosity. But the Holy Spirit has gifted you with specific things to build up the body. He helps us in our, our weakness and, and prays on our behalf, which is an amazing thing because there's, there's times in life where we don't know the words to say. But the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf. It means he's praying on our behalf. He sanctifies us, which is basically this word for saying he's making us more like Christ. He's going to move us to be more like Jesus and enables, enables us to bear good fruit in our lives. And now this list could go on, but you have the Holy Spirit helping you, counseling you, guiding you and comforting you, and God is with you at all times. And who is this promise for? Well, verse 39 tells us it's for you and for your children and for those far off, which means it's, it's, it's not only personal, but it's generational and it's global. It is for you, for your family, for your friends, for your coworkers, for everyone that surrenders to Christ. We bring it to the people around us. That's also why we have global missions, because this gospel is not just for us here today, it's for everybody. 
Everyone who surrenders their life to Christ receives the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what, so what does this then mean for you and I? Well, back to this original idea, who's your rescuer? Who is the hero of your story? For some of you, I think you are your own savior. Some of you have worked your whole life to have that big, beautiful house, to have those nice cars, to have those nice clothes, to have the, the nice boat, the great careers, the education. And none of those things are evil in themselves. But have they become the ultimate thing? Have you used them to save yourself? Is your worth in them? Are you trying to prove your worth to other people or to your neighbors? Are you trying to show people that you don't need anybody's help in life? That you don't need to be rescued? And I think our culture, the message that it often tells us is that you don't need anybody. You don't need to, or you need to make a name for yourself. You need to prove your worth to this world and you need to be your own savior. But the reality is, is it's never going to save you. Are you trying to be your own savior? And you might not think you need a savior, that you don't need someone to rescue you, but you do. The saying is often said that you're going to leave this world with nothing, just like you came into this world with nothing. So if your worth is in all the things that you've made on this earth, it's not going to go with you and it's not going to save you. But here's the thing, you can leave this world with one thing. And that is the, the security, the assurance that your eternity is forever secured with Jesus. The rest is going to fade away. But you need to repent of your sin. You need to turn away from being your own savior and admit that you need rescuing. And then you'll receive that gift of the Holy Spirit. But there's also others of you that, that maybe it's almost the opposite. It's, I don't think I can be saved. And maybe that inner dialogue goes something like this. I'm too broken. No one will ever love me. If only you knew the things that I had done. Or I'm too far gone. I'm worthless. Irredeemable. I've done terrible things. And here's the thing, though. You might actually be closer to the gospel than you might think. If you remember, those people who Peter's speaking to were pierced to the heart for what they had did to Jesus they would be feeling probably the same way. I just crucified my Savior. How could I possibly be worthy to be saved? How could he possibly have mercy on me? But here's the reality. is like none of us are worthy to be saved. And the fact that, that you're admitting that you're not worthy shows the need to be rescued. And Jesus can do that. You just have to let him do it. Both scenarios, though, need to begin with repentance, which could look like this. God, I'm cut to the heart about what my sin has done to you, to the people around me. Help me kill sin in my life. Help me to run away when temptation comes. And forgive me that I would be restored into the beloved son and daughter that I am to you. And here's the promise. There is no condemnation. There is no guilt there's no punishment, and there is no shame. Lay those things at the foot of the cross because 
I believe Jesus has open arms saying, you don't need to bear that anymore. Let me take that from you. Why does he do this for us? Why does he have mercy on us? Why does he choose to forgive us? Because ultimately he loves us. There is no greater love that, that one would lay down his life for his friends and for you. And I hope that you would you'd believe that today. Stop carrying those things. Stop being your own savior. Jesus is not asking you to do those things. Now throughout this time, I have said a few times that, that Peter's audience was the one that put Jesus on that cross. But here's where I want to clarify. We all put Jesus on that cross. And we should all be pierced to the heart for what we've done. Our sin put Christ on that cross. Our disobedience put Christ on that cross. Our lack of faith put Christ on that cross. And our failure to meet God's perfect standard put Christ on that cross. But what God meant for evil, or what we meant for evil, sorry, God meant for good. And on that cross, Jesus says, I'll take away that sin. I'll take away the shame. I'll take away that punishment and I'll take it on myself and I'll finish it once and for all. And, and Jesus says on the cross that it is finished. And that's good news for us. But Jesus didn't stay dead. He actually, he resurrected and defeated all those things so that we can have eternal life with him. We are set free. We're set free from all those things. And that's why we're a church called Live Free. Because we believe that the gospel is the power to to remove all those things. So what must we do then? Repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And my hope would, that, would be that you would do that. And if you've never done that, if you've never given your life to Christ, we hope that you would. And if, if you don't know where to go or how, how to do that or what, what to do, like feel free to DM us or, or email us and contact us because we want to help you know the freedom there is in, in Jesus. The promise is for you. The promise is for your children and for the world. And you know what's crazy? That day, it tells us, 3,000 people came to know Jesus. That is the power of God to save. 3,000 people were pierced to the heart and surrendered their life to Jesus that day. If you're exploring Christianity today, God wants to save you. If you've been a Christian all your life, God is tell, calling you to tell people this good news, and you have the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. I'm here today. Colby's here today. Levi's here today. Our church is here today because people were bold enough to tell us the gospel. God has put you exactly where you need to be to reach people with the gospel. And that could be your work. That could be your sports teams. That could be online in your games and stuff. It could be with your family. And God has equipped you with the Spirit. He's gifted you uniquely to reach the people with the gospel all around you. If you're afraid, ask the Spirit for boldness. Because He will help you. He will help you. The gospel is good news. And I believe that those 3,000 people were just the beginning. God is in the business of rescuing. The gospel is good news. So let's not hold back this message. 
And for some of us, it might be a hard message because it, it ex- the gospel exposes our need to be saved. And we need to lay aside some of that pride to say, God, we, I need to be rescued. When that boat came to, to save me, I could have been stubborn and said, no, I don't need to be rescued. But that would have been foolish. Of course I needed to be rescued. I needed to be towed back to shore. I think God is is towing you back to be a restored relationship with him. Let him rescue you. Let's continue to pray that, that many more people would be rescued. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you love us. I thank you that you sent Jesus down to earth to save us in spite of the the fact that we put him on that cross, Lord, you still had mercy and forgiveness and you still defeated all those things. Lord, help us to be bearers of good news to this world. Lord, give us boldness by your spirit to, to preach this gospel to the people around us. Open our eyes to the people that, that don't know this yet that we can share this with. And Lord, I pray that you'd ultimately empower us you continue to, to lead us into repentance as sin, as sin comes up in our lives. Lord, grieve us of it and, and help us to just lay it at the foot of the cross and be restored and redeemed through the power of, of your gospel. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.